Welcome to the Chompcast, the official video game podcast of Sorechomp. Our mission is simple, to talk about the video games we're playing, to discuss all issues surrounding gaming, and to cultivate a community of like-minded people who want to discuss gaming with each other. Like you all, I'm sure that you have been feeling weird with gaming. We had a historical first quarter in gaming, and it has been slow in terms of AAA gaming ever since. As a result, Elden Ring news has dominated the media outlets. What did I write there? Hold on, let me reread that. Sorry. As a result, Elden Ring news has dominated. Is this a past Shea problem or a current Shea problem? It's an everything Shea problem. Okay. Shea butter. As a result, as a result, Elden Ring news has dominated the media news outlets until we get upcoming news on games dropping later this year. I'm sure it's felt like many outlets, us included, are attempting to stay afloat with content that's interesting and pertinent. So, we decided to have a fun, lighthearted conversation topic today. If you could torture someone with a video game villain for 24 hours, who would you torture? Which villain would you choose? And why? We will also be discussing the few games that we have played this past week, such as Sniper Elite 5, Obsidian Prince, and My Time at Sandrock. We will be doing the social media polls that you all voted on, and we will wrap up this episode with our Patreon shoutouts. We have heaps on our plate, but before we go any further, I just wanted to let you all know that if you are hearing this now, we are on vacation. We are taking a week off for traveling and relaxation. We told ourselves that we are going to take some small breaks this year, and this upcoming week seemed like the perfect time. We have already recorded a special episode that will be going up on the main feed, so you will still get your fix of Sword Chomp. But we will be off of social media, out of our Discord, and not recording episodes during that week. Okay, with that out of the way, let's get into the introductions of the voices you'll be hearing today. First, I'm joined by a good friend of mine that has made me three promises in his life. First, he won't let his friends eat bad pizza. Second, he will never let a trainus Macau spank his Indian in the cupboard mug again. Never again, he vowed. And third and last, he does not eat whale. Please welcome Rich Meister. Rich, how you doing? I would never in a million years eat whale. Um, I'm, I'm doing good, man. I'm here. Uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned the Indian in the cupboard, because I, I recently wrote a script for a remake of the Indian in the cupboard set in 2022. It's about five minutes long, um, and it involves uh, the child opening the cupboard, and he goes, you're an Indian, and then he goes, actually, I'm a Native American. Um, and he goes, oh, I'm sorry. And then it's over. <laughs> I like that version. Yeah. Or you could do the, you could do the other version of like, he opens the cupboard. He's like, Hey, you're an Indian. He's like, no, it's a native American. He's like, oh, you're a Karen too. And then throws the Indian out. <laughs> and, then, and then the studio audience laughs. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. But no, I, uh. Yeah, I'm glad you went back to that bit, because I was like, I, I gotta make something out. Like, the first promise and the third promise I had in mind 
Especially with that third one. I want to keep some continuity for the, the upcoming episode. The, I was going to say, the best part about that joke is that we've now done it out of order. That's, yeah, exactly, right? Because we've already recorded It's a callback to a bit that technically hasn't happened yet. Exactly. Exactly. See, that's what, that's what we do here. We level up. Yeah. Right before vacation. Yeah, you guys are going to... It's like reading a book backwards listening to this podcast. That's right. That's exactly right. Well, Rich, I'm glad you're here. We have one more person to introduce. Well, actually, two more, technically. Uh, make sure I don't forget myself this episode as well. But <laughs> I am also joined by a person who already has their board shorts and flip-flops on. They've been inflating their animal inflatables all morning in anticipation for their vacation to the local sewage plant. Please welcome resident vacationer Josh Fowler. Josh, how you doing today? Found out later some of those animals I've been inflating weren't inflatable. Was, <laughs> They're just roadkill. Yeah, yeah, just been blowing like crazy all morning. But... Sick Shrek reference. Uh-huh. That is, oh, good point. But they weren't roadkill. Yeah, I guess not. I mean, they probably died after that, I assume. You know what's funny? I haven't seen that movie. For, I haven't seen that movie for like 15 years, and one of my friends the other day was like, let's watch it. And I was like, you know what? And I was let's like, get out it. of my apartment. <laughs> get out of my swamp. No, but I could actually, I was surprised. I haven't seen it in 15 years. And I remembered almost all the lines perfectly. And I was like, God damn. I'm really sorry that happened to you. Well, I was I was surprised. I was surprised that like out of all the things I forget, that's the one thing I remember. Yeah, I can't remember shit now, but I think we're just mm-hmm. we're in a more malleable state. We had a lot of headspace back then to keep useless knowledge, and now unfortunately, like I remember lines from Shrek, but I just everything else is in one ear and out the other. Exactly. That's fair. I could use a hard drive wipe. Right? Like, too bad we can't do that with our own minds. Oh, we'll get there, don't worry. I mean, we can. It just has some side effects that you may or may not survive. Usually not. Hmm. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. I saw that episode of Full House and Michelle falls off the horse. I know how to do it. Did you see that episode of Full House with Chip and Dale in it? That's a little bit bit safer of a prospect when you've got a backup. What a sick full house deep cut, and we're not even right? ten minutes into I mean, the episode. They mess up that scene. They've, they've got another. They've got a backup Olsen twin. Exactly, yeah. and they can always like use Elizabeth and hope other people don't notice. They have so yeah. technically they got three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a fun Olsen sisters reference! Uh, yeah, we're 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 bringing everything back today. Uh, at least that's what it seems like we're doing. But um, we're trying. I'm your host. I'm your host, Schaefer. Today, want to make sure I <laughs> remember that on the episode that's going to be dropping next week. I forgot to introduce myself for the entire show. They know who you are. Uh, you said that last week too, and I don't believe they do. I believe people are just like, oh, there's that fucking asshole. Yeah, no, they don't remember us from week to week. They, you know, use that space to memorize lines from Shrek. Yeah, I was gonna say we're not we're not Shrek, we're not timeless. Exactly. <laughs> uh, this is fun. <laughs> this is this is something we do. You know, podcasting. It's what we do. Thank God that's not our fucking slogan. That's uh, you just stole the verb slogan. <laughs> yeah. How about this? Podcasting. It's what we done did. Is it in yet? <laughs> 
Podcasting. Is there police reform? <laughs> no. Oh, sorry, sorry. Sorry to bring no, the down. No. Sorry. Well, let's bring Podcasting the mood back. Podcasting is a gun-free zone. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's bring the mood back up by talking about the topic of the week. So this is one that, like, I wrote um, in our backlog months and months and months ago, and I was like, you know what? What better way to send us off to vacation than to talk about villains and people we want to sick them on and why we would want to do it? Rich, I'm going to throw, throw it to you first. Oh, good. I'm glad you started with me. Uh, do I start with the villain or the person that would torture them? Start it however you want to start it, man. Like, okay, so this is your reveal. The villain is gonna be uh, Nemesis from Resident Evil. Okay. Because I want an unrelenting baddie that will just like you know not stop and give this person no rest. Okay. Like you're hiding everywhere. You can get away from him for a little bit, but you know he's right around the corner. It's like that mm. whole like uh, Reddit thread thing from a, a year or two back about like the snail that's coming to kill you, but mm. it's Nemesis. And the person I would torture is Tucker Carlson. I, I enjoy that. I enjoy that. I th- did we all think Tucker Carlson? No, I, I didn't, and I'm sure Josh didn't either. He has his chair turned like a villain right now as he left the room. I yeah, love he that. went to go give water to his dog. Um, and I mean, listen, for anyone who's not familiar with Fox correspondent Tucker Carlson... Go do some digging. He's one of the worst human beings that's ever lived. You don't have to do much digging, though. That's yeah, no, it's that. And, you know, the reason I ended up going with him, because there's so many great, really terrible people you could pick. But um, as I we were, when you first, like, said we were doing this one this week and I was, like, scrolling through Twitter, I saw, like, his smug fucking face somewhere. Um, and I was like, yeah, you, you fuck. Josh, you missed it, so we'll fill you back in. I picked mm. Mr. X, uh, I'm sorry, I picked Nemesis, the stronger version of Mr. X, uh, to relentlessly chase Tucker Carlson. Hmm. I like it. Yeah, it's a solid choice. I mean, like, I was thinking about it in the shower this morning. Yeah, you were. And I was like, I have a feeling both these guys are going to pick someone political. I realized that as soon I as I thought of it. I actually wasn't, but... Yeah. Josh just goes, I would like to change my answer. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out I was wrong. Yeah. I think that's a solid choice. I mean, we could do a few of these. We'll have time to do a few of these. So, um, what, like, how would you want Nemesis to torture Tucker Carlson for 24 hours? Just in the same way he, you know, Nemesis does, like, by nature, which is, like, unrelentingly coming for him mm-hmm. no i don't want i want for this 24 hours i want tucker carlson to not have a moment of rest the the thing is like i think that he would catch tucker carlson pretty quickly and just fucking eviscerate him within like the first 30 minutes it's all the better all the better <laughs> what does he do for the other 23 hours and 30 minutes he's uh you know what that's he's getting paid for on that, that segment. he did it yeah he fills it on tucker carlson's segment he just grunts and snarls on Fox News for that amount of time. What if he actually spoke really eloquently and made some really good points? Well, that's my my theory here. After killing Tucker Carlson, <laughs> this being of pure malice, of unadulterated evil, takes over his show and says exactly the same things as him. And well, no, no, he actually says some really sensible things, and he's like, "Listen, I'm here to I'm here to <laughs> set the record straight." <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot, uh, Josh. What about you, man? Okay, so my 
This one was not actually an answer for this, and unrelated because before I looked at the topic for this week, I was uh, sleeping poorly on beginning of the week, one, one of these weeks. How does one sleep richly, just out of curiosity? You, you don't... Just size. Fuck you. <laughs> it's it's uh an adverb is not really what you'd use rich for. Is kind of the 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 issue. He's, he's more mm. of an adjective sort of a that's true sort of a modifier, a descriptor. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm. um, I got some Waluigi stickers. Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, here's Wonderwall. Point point being, just <laughs> restlessly sleeping. And uh, I was dreaming that we were under attack by kaiju. Um, As you do, I, I think it was. I think it was sort of, sort of a Mothra variant, but but looked more bat-like. Okay. Or or, or whatever. Anyway, we were we were hiding more of a, a hiding in a bunker in this in the city. Um, and Nancy Pelosi walks out and says she's going to reason with it. <laughs> Proceeds okay. to do so. Okay. Proceeds to get eaten. Nearly instantly. It was, uh... I, I feel like... Somehow, accidentally, my brain, in, in this restless sleeping state, has absolutely outdone any political cartoonist trying to make exactly the same point about her. Um, in real life. But, uh... Mm. Anyway... I can't really even take credit for it. It's just, uh... I mean, it was your subconscious that thought it up, so I think you can take credit for it. I guess yeah. maybe. I guess maybe. It's just, uh... The idea of her trying to reason with a kaiju uh, kinda, kinda sounds an awful lot like the rest of her political career. It's a good bit. It's a good bit. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're gonna choose Nancy Pelosi? No, no, that was just unrelated, but it, it was... Tangentially accident, related. Accidentally kind of fits came, the theme yeah came to the same spot uh oh okay um but since you know my subconscious kaiju thing there's not actually a video game villain it's kind of although there are plenty, there are of, plenty kaiju, of godzilla uh, games yeah yeah um, that feature mothra yes this, josh i have to say this is one of the most masterful versions of you stalling i've ever seen no i'm not actually stalling i wanted to tell that story and i don't actually have an answer so you know there's that as well that's that's what i'm saying you're stalling no it's not stalling because i don't have an answer and i'm not saving time to try to get to one i'm just you know oh you're just telling a story so you you know you're filling airtime exactly we've got that's his his version of the answer Mm -hmm. oh okay well we always come prepared here on the Exactly, exactly. Oh, I made like a goddamn Mad Libs of these things, so we could just keep riffing. Okay, well, I'll I'll go first. Um, You know, I figured that you guys were going to go political, so I wanted to go with a slightly different answer. Um, Is this about someone we met last week? No. Um, I actually chose Josh is who I'm going to torture. Lots of editing on my part? Because of some repressed stuff you rediscovered? I completely forgot about that <laughs> until you just mentioned it again. Now, I'm, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Start going in on it again. No, I chose Josh. Uh, 
Um, you may know him as one of the co-hosts of uh, Sword Chomp and Never uh, heard of Chompcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I chose for him to be tortured by Dutch Vanderlind from Red Dead Redemption 2 uh. <laughs> for 24 hours because I know uh, Josh's general disdain for that game, not because it's a bad game per se, but just all we had to deal with it for the past few years and to hear Dutch pontificate at Josh for 24 hours, I think would drive him fucking insane. He's so fucking annoying. Yeah. Like I think the worst case scenario would be Dutch as like my supervisor at like a, you know, a menial job. He seems Mm. like he would just really thrive in that environment. Um, Yes. At torturing people. Yeah, exactly. He's just like, he doesn't have to physically touch Josh. He just has to follow Josh around and talk with him. Like, Josh mm-hmm. is taking a shit, and like, Dutch is <laughs> at the crevice of the door or at the bottom of the door. He's like, just, just breathing through the gap. Just, just one talking. last plan, Josh. <laughs> one last mission, and we're going to get out of here. I'm trying like, to shit. Dude, I'm trying to shit, bro. Even my kids aren't this bad. You don't understand, Josh. Mm-hmm. This is our way of life. Yeah, I think... See, I think that would fucking annoy the shit that, out of Josh. And, yeah, yeah, no, that would be perfect. I think it would annoy the shit out of anyone with sense. <laughs> well, I'll be darned. Rich, what's... uh, Josh, do you have... Are you... Still no answer before I move on to Rich again? Uh, Not yet. I'll, I'll think while we're, okay. we're going. Right. Since Rich says he's got a you know yeah i got a, a few i got a, a few selection well, so. yeah i'm just mixing and matching them at this point um all right rich so go th- for it this is one that i think is uh pretty unenjoyable and the villain is gruntilda from banjo kazooie i love that and the person is ricky gervais <laughs> <laughs> okay okay why huh I, I want to see the reasoning. I, I, just, I don't see the connection. I'm just picturing Ricky on a stage trying to give like his punching down shit heel version of comedy while Gruntilda just stands behind him going like, ah, ah, like just making her weird grunting noises. I, I like that. Would she send any like any of her uh, underlings after him or no, just. Just her by herself. Maybe, I don't know, like, this doesn't really count as her underling, but maybe, like, bottles would wander onto the stage and make some weird noises. That's fair. Uh, Rich, do you take any umbrage with the fact that one of your examples is you're, like, targeting a person because they punch down, but we're, in fact, doing a whole bit where we punch down? Are we punching yeah. down? We're podcast hosts. I don't yeah. know a lower you can't punch society down. than podcast hosts. Yeah, you can't punch down as a podcast host. Maybe with Ricky Gervais, we're punching sideways. I didn't make a Netflix special where like 20 minutes of it is just me lazily reading my own tweets. I mean, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah, no, um, no. Well, we, we tell people our dreams here on this show. Yeah. <laughs> By we... <laughs> By we no, uh, I tell you guys every week about my teaching adventures, so I'm not much better. Um, another one I would choose is uh, I would choose Rich. Um, you may know him as one of the co-hosts of the Chomp Cast, uh, one of the workers here at Sword Chomp. I would choose now. This one's technically not a villain in the typical sense, but I think we we can all agree here, and I think the general population agreed upon their ratings of this game 
that the narrator from Biomutant, mm. um, I would torture oh, God. Rich for 24 hours with that motherfucker. Narrating everything you do. <laughs> yes. Yes. And of course, like, like the thing is, like, I think it would annoy Rich even more because he can be only I hear it. So and, everyone else is just confused by my frustration. Well, uh, not not only that, but like, like stranger. There were fiction. moments where we like the narrator, right? When he's talking about modern inventions in a cute and endearing way. And so Rich would be like, oh, OK, mm. maybe there's some hope. And then he would just fucking continue with his narration nonstop. Rich is opening the door to the bathroom. Now Rich is closing the door. He's going to sit on the porcelain throne and you'd be like, oh, he's kind of being cool. Oh, he he's just sitting there. He just doesn't know when to quit. Yeah. I, Rich, I think you'd go insane after the first two hours. Yeah, that would be fucking terrible. Yeah. Like, I've, no, I've noticed that like the, one of the biggest ways to annoy both of you is pontificating. And I think by... Unfortunately, because you guys have to listen to me pontificate every week, that you guys, like, you have your quota met every week by me. So if you guys had another person in your life doing that, you guys would just go over the edge. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's, um... I think that that comes with the nature of, like, in my day job, me answering a lot of phone calls that are customer service related and people having a habit of taking four minutes to say something that could be one sentence. Yeah, well, I I empathize with those people because that's exactly what I do. Uh, I want I want to strangle them all so badly. Mm, Sorry, man. You come back here every week, so you must like it. It's a, uh, it's a little different in this setting. I'm talking about like a, a, a service industry area where like the the gist of it is you want to talk to a specific person in a specific department. I don't need to know 15 minutes of backstory to know how you got here. Well, you say that. But I'll prove you otherwise, boy. Um, but I don't know what that was. I don't like it. Yeah, but, uh, I was not a fan either. I'd advise you cut it out. No. All right, um, whatever, man. Well, while we're waiting for Josh to think of one, Rich, how about you give us one more? Okay. Um, this is when you have to start like wiling a little out of the box in terms of what constitutes a quote-unquote villain and why I necessarily want the person to be annoyed. Mm. Um, because the next person, on my, the next villain on my list is uh, Wario. And uh, the person is a guy named Tim that I used to work for. Uh, <laughs> and Fuck you, Tim. Yeah, fuck you, Tim. Uh, just picture, if you all will, I'm going to paint the the picture for you a man in his uh late 60s uh from texas very like well how y'all doing today texas sort of accent like salt and pepper guy who is just the fakest version of nice you know these these sort of people Mm. um and now picture him uh being followed around all day by the murmuring little goblin that is wario who's just like picking change up off the floor and pelting it at him I like that. So that's that's Wario's way of annoying him is just pelting him with money. Well, yeah, just lo- like he's just grabbing loose change from underneath vending machines and throwing it at him. That's interesting. Does he like pull money out of the panhandlers? Because I mean, he is a villain. Yeah, so I mean, Wario he pulls loves it out of the coffee mugs. If if well, Hollywood has taught me anything, 
there are just tons of homeless people in New York that have mugs full of loose change. And some of them are even real. Mm, I believe it. Um, not as many as they want you to think. Um, well, it really depends on what part of the city you're in, but, uh, Wario also loves treasure, so I don't, like, he's throwing the change and then immediately picking it back up and stuffing it in his pockets. Hmm, okay. Hmm. Also, he's probably, like, pilfering things from him on occasion, like, he's standing in line to pick up lunch somewhere and Wario's just rifling through his pockets, putting, like, a dead mouse in his sock. I mean, I like it. Don't all of us love dead mice? (laughs) I mean, he was, it was a gift. He was trying to be like, hey, I care about, I found this. This is yours. Hmm. I think I just made Wario a dog. <laughs> That's okay. You That's knocked okay. something loose there, Rich. Yeah. Um, and I, I finally figured out mine. Although, it's I'm another, it's another stretch for villain. Um, Wario's a hero in my book. That's why I say it. Exactly. Same, same with, with, with my next pick, which mm. is my only pick. Uh, I also used to have a boss that I think needs to be and not even tortured, because again, since it's a hero, he obviously wouldn't torture him, but just following the person around for a full day mm. would be the torture. Uh, I, okay. At one point, uh, working, uh, you know, uh, the produce section at a grocery store, I had a boss named Michael Jordan, who was no five, foot, five foot nothing. Bald with a gigantic handlebar mustache. I mean, so far I like the description of this. So he's a circus strongman? <laughs> basically. Basically, but, you know, minus the strongman. Was his man boss P.T. Barnum? Um, but anyway. <laughs> this is, is when Josh worked for Barnum and Bailey. <laughs> yeah. Since there have been enough, you know, basketball games from the 90s. Michael Jordan mm. is a villain of someone's playthrough in that game sure. and i think having the actual michael jordan follow around this michael jordan for a full That's day M- michael b jordan right <laughs> just just so anytime anyone says anything around them the the comparison between the two is so stark that it's just devastating to his psyche mm. i like that i like that just, just by but, having Michael Jordan be followed by Michael Jordan for, for a but full But Michael day. Jordan, does, the, the basketball player doesn't say anything. He just sits there he, smoking well, he doesn't cigars. Ha- he, he just does whatever he normally would do. He just has to be he has know, to in proximity in the to the other Michael Jordan. And the best part is that like now even like little things are taken from him because mm-hmm. all throughout his day he'll hear, like, oh my god, it's Michael Jordan, but nobody's ever talking about him. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Just the comparison is... So ridiculously, starkly unfavorable between yeah. this five foot nothing, bald white guy with a gigantic handlebar mustache, and Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan, the legend. Yes, the legend in the flesh. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. That's that's good. Um, I guess for my last one, I'm gonna be very unoriginal here. Um, I would. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go here. Do it's, it. Uh, nah, because like it's going to make light of the most recent situation. I don't, I really don't want to make light of that now that I think about it. I think it's a little too insensitive. I'm learning. I learned from last week. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you. You just saved um, me about 45 minutes of editing. 
<laughs> Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> God damn, I don't know. I guess I'd torture all the billionaires with the rats from A Plague Tale. There you go. Sure. Yeah, the white ones, right? Yes. No, but you don't fuck about it. Billionaires, billionaires or the rats? rats. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. Uh. Yes to yes, like fucking torture everybody with all of the rats. White, black, I don't care. Fuck them all. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a yeah, good I one. Know. Very original. Why I would do it, you know why I'd do it. You fucking know why. You fucking mm-hmm. know why. Uh, we didn't have many comments on this, um, this topic this week. I guess that was a very specific topic, which is not a big deal. But we did get one comment from Mr. Elon Tani. Musk Inspector from Ape Escape. Tawny said, I team up with Frau Engel. I don't know who that is. It's um the... One of the uh, Nazi torturers from the, from the new Wolfenstein series. Yeah. Ah, that makes sense. Okay. <clears throat> I can't remember the names. To torture Elon Musk. That's a good one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Very solid choice. And again, I don't think that one needs much explaining. Nah, that falls I... into the billionaires thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean,. I, I think we could go on and on and on and on and on with this one, but we'll just be beating a dead horse, right? Yeah, and I think it's like, it's weirdly telling where, like, all of our psyches were at in this, when I totally get, like, that answer for the Frau Engel thing and, like, going super dark with it. And I guess I briefly went there with Nemesis, but then after that, every answer was like, what if a little goblin animated man had to follow them around? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it, though. I like What that. if Gruntilda was, like, hanging out in Ricky Gervais's dressing room? Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a very short topic we have this week, and that's okay. That's okay. Like, like I said, we wanted to keep it l- relaxed and light this week. Um, as, Sexual. Yeah. You know, it, it just occurred to me that normally when we're doing these stories about old bosses we don't like or whatever, we intentionally don't use their names exactly. Oh, I use the just, real name. Just, yeah. just you know. For for the sake of courtesy, and then mine was literally an exact oh, name and a but, physical description of the person. But they're never gonna find. You can't Google Michael Jordan. They're not gonna find well, that exactly, guy. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the nicest thing about that. He he's an ungoogleable person at this point. You know, be fucking. You can't find though, out who's talking about him. You know, what would be fucking hilarious is if, like, you got a message next week from Michael Jordan. He's like, he listens to you. Yeah, he listens. He He's listens like, you know, I've been a really show. big dick over the years, and I've just been silently supporting you. Yeah. It's yeah. a good thing that won't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I felt comfortable doing mine because I didn't give a last name and because uh, this particular person is no longer my boss because they were fired from the company at large. There you go. So there's no danger of anyone getting mad that I said that. Yeah. And I didn't do my bosses. I just did my coworkers because I like yeah. to, you know, make uncomfortable situations in the workplace. Yeah. And when I and when I tell you like uncomfortable situations in the workplace, this guy was so reviled that on the day he was fired, the entire building was like the end of Return of the Jedi when the Ewoks are making drums on the stormtrooper helmets, like just music <laughs> blasting and cheers. We were drinking in the office. It's a beautiful day. Yeah. I it it's happened while I was at lunch, day. and I get back, and there's just music blasting, and I'm like, "What's happening?" And like, "Go in the lobby, you'll hear." Like, <laughs> everyone has like pep in their steps. 
Yeah, there's an was, orgy happening. It was like a great weight had lifted. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. That's interesting. I'm. I'm glad that you guys were relieved of that human being. Yeah, it was. It was a win. Hmm. I like to hear that. Well, I guess we're gonna go on break, guys. This is the quickest break we've ever taken. And we started on time. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell is going on? Don't let it happen again. We're going to go on break and we'll be right back. Psst, Shay. Shay, you there? Yeah, what's up? I don't know if Josh can hear us. I hacked into his edit of the podcast so we could plug the other shows. Quick, we got, you got to tell me what kind of new shows we have on the horizon. What's going on? What's in the feed? Okay, so it was like I was saying to my friend the other day that freedom isn't free, bitch. That's a reference for no one, but that is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not why I'm here. That's not why I'm here. I'm here to tell you about new episodes of Evoking the Sublime. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that podcast that I recently got three new episodes up on. Yeah. Thanks for pitching that, man. Thanks for plugging that. No, I am legally obligated to. Well, I heard you got some episodes up on uh, Jumping at the Bits. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we got a new one up on Kirby, where we talk about all about his history, his first two games in depth, and his just general facts about him overall. Oh, oh shit! Here comes Josh. Uh, Josh, we were just we were just telling the people about uh, Chomping After Dark and nothing else, like you requested. Maybe maybe you could tell them a little bit about that. Chomping After Dark. Yeah, yeah you, you remember that? In, yeah, you know that one. While I'm editing, how, how did you get here? It's not important. The point is, Chopping After Dark is a show where we spoil video games and sometimes movies. I heard we do comic books occasionally and TV shows, too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Occasionally we do do those things. Yeah, and you said doo-doo. <laughs> I did say doo-doo. It's funny because it comes from your butt. <laughs> that's right. Um, well, anyways, Josh, we'll let you get back to editing. Sorry about interrupting you. How did they even get into this edit? Hey, y'all. We're back now. Uh, We're going to do things a little out of order this week. Uh, We're going to do the social media polls and the Patreon shoutouts next uh, for unknown reasons, just because we like to do things differently sometimes. This show is just wild. It's everywhere. I love it. Um, But we're going to start with the social media polls. So every (sighs) Tuesday at the Sorchom Instagram, you can vote on the polls that we put up, and we will read out the results and reflect on them and have some fun with them. So, um, the first poll we did this week had to do with, um, the upcoming Nintendo showcase, which is presumably going to take place of the E3. So, uh, we asked in the next Nintendo showcase, which game would you rather see info on Pokemon Scarlet Violet, which will probably be split up in its own Pokemon showcase, but you never know or breath of the wild Two. And uh, as you can imagine, 67% of people voted for Breath of the Wild 2, and 33% of people said uh, Pokemon Scarlet Violet, which I'm like 5% surprised at those results, just because I'm surprised that uh, Breath of the Wild 2 isn't higher. But it's good to see that, you know, that there's still a decent amount of love for Pokemon out there, like after all these years. I think that Scarlet and Violet's just way more likely because that game is still supposed to ship this year, whereas we now know that mm, Breath of the yeah. Wild will not. Um, so I think it just kind of makes more sense to get a 
last big dump on Scarlet and Violet along with the date. Yeah, d- you laugh away, Josh. I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think you're wrong about that, but I also think that there's so many people thinking, like, what is Breath of the Wild 2 going to be? Like, there are so many unanswered questions in that initial reveal trailer that people want to know more. Yeah, so, no, and I, I just think they're going to probably shy away from showing too much more of that this year with it no longer being a game that's going to ship this year. If anything, probably around holiday, we get like something to look at with a new date. But if anything, I would expect to see that the beginning of next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I think your reasoning is very solid and your logic is very solid there. So yeah, you're probably right. And I think part of it probably is just due to like knee jerk reaction of what they're more excited for too. I think that's probably part of it. Yeah, yeah, and you want the buzz around the yeah. thing you are actually going to launch. With Breath of the Wild 2 not happening this year, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is their big holiday release, mm. I, would, I would assume. Like, right. that is going to be the thing the rest of their releases for this year are built around. Mm. You're probably right. You're probably right there. Um, let's move on to probably one of the more entertaining polls we have today. Activision Blizzard continues to be held under fire. Twelve employees gave a list of demands to Booby Kotick, and that, that was on purpose, in regards to an anti-discriminatory reform. And uh, as you can imagine, 88% of people said, I hope they put their foot on Booby's neck. And Booby. Uh, yeah, I, I'm refusing to call him by his name now. He's a grown Just man that episode. goes by Bobby. That's humiliating enough. Nah, we call him Booby. And then, I was a little bit surprised by this. 12% of people said, who cares? I, like, a we- I, it's a weird take to have. Right? At I this mean, point, that sounds like... About maybe the people are just of- exhausted by this. Yeah. <clears throat> that, like, my, you know what? That's probably, again, the most logical take out of this, but... I think that's probably the only if if I want to take it in good faith, I'm going to say those 12 percent of people are just exhausted with hearing about this shit. And I don't blame them to a point, but it's a conversation that has to happen. Yeah, I mean, like the thing is, Activision and Blizzard just keep taking the hits and it's like they they you know, they came out and said, like, we're going to reform things. We're going to fix things. We're going to make it better. And then. Like there's rumors of uh them union busting their shit like this it's like it's never ending for this company and i just i don't understand in my opinion how people continue to want to support this company and i don't see it ending until the people at the top like kodak are out it doesn't seem like they're going out i thought they'd be out by now no it's insane that and you know there are other other people in positions of power have like weighed in and be like you know Bobby Cody is going to be well off for the rest of his life, regardless of what he does. And if he yeah. was decent and wanted this company to stand a chance at surviving, he would step <laughs> down and get out of the way because I don't think things can change or at least the optics of what needs to change can't change as long as he is the one at the, the helm. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair analysis. Well, let's not retread old ground, I guess. Let's move on. So uh, this one was really interesting. Um, no Man's Sky got a new update this week called Leviathan. It adds a roguelike mission where basically you have a set of things you have to do. And if you die, you have to start all over again. Um, but if you're victorious, you get a space whale. Which I think is actually pretty interesting sounding. 
um, finally doing something kind of unique in this world. Uh, 69% of people, nice, said space whale, you say. And 31% of people said, what is this, 2016? Space whales are cool. I don't know. Does that, does that like, game mode sound interesting to you guys and the, I mean, the reward I, for it? I don't know what's different about it than just playing it on... I think there was already... An, I can't remember if there was an Iron Man mode or not. I know they had a much more challenging, like, survival mode. I, I think they also shipped, like, it's an Iron Man track. setting with that as well, but I can't remember. It's, it's hard forever. to track what is and isn't in there at this point, and kind of like every No Man's Sky patch. Yeah, I always find myself going, "This game seems awesome, and the amount of support it's received over the years is awesome, and it seems yeah. like it's turned into a really cool thing that is so dense that I don't even want to try it permeated at this point." Yeah, I, I, I think even if it were just a get to the center on Iron Man thing, it'd be cool to have that sort of a reward for it on all your mm. other save files or whatever. Yeah, it just becomes like an, an item that you have perma-unlocked on the account. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool, just as some sort of reward for doing something that insane. So. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think it's just cool that, like, um, the, you get a giant fucking space whale. Oh, yeah. Space whales are cool. Yeah, and you've got a Re- crew regular of, whales of Muppets cool. and... and uh, yeah, you got Fuzz Bucket from Fuzz Bucket. Mm. Go home and Google Fuzz Bucket, kids. Mm. No thanks. No, but you're, you, Josh, you're right. Last year um, in, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, April. It looks like they added expeditions to the game, which are just like little story events. Um, okay. And, and this one, this is the seventh expedition, Leviathan. Okay, so it's not it's not the, just these are a not get to the center of the departures. universe. Mm. In, in right, Iron so Man. this one like its, its own thing. Players okay. are seeking, and I'll read this really quick. Players are tasked with seeking out a temporal anomaly. Once players have arrived at the anomaly, anomaly, they'll become trapped inside a time loop. From here, the usual No Man's Sky gameplay is flipped on its head. Instead, becoming an intense roguelike survival game where death means starting from scratch. Once inside the loop, the, dif- the difficulty is ramped up to survivor level, meaning that players who are used to lower difficulty tiers might need to bring in some friends to try and break the cycle. As players make their way through the time loop, they'll encounter memory fragments. These fragments are essentially randomly generated loot that changes between each loop. Um, they have to face off against new creatures. Um, they have to get vital rewards. and they. We'll be working towards a common goal and helping each other out, um, participating in research, things like that. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds yeah, that pretty. Sounds interesting. Sounds pretty cool. But I'm like, like Josh, like you're game. saying, there's so much there. Oh yeah, yeah. There's so much there, man. Like, I want to check that out, but it's it's dense as hell. But I have to get the platinum trophy in Ape Escape. <laughs> some things just take priority rich and i agree yeah and i understand why exactly um temtem has the pokemon like mmo finally has an official release date coming out of early access into a fully fledged game and that's september 6th Woo! is that a day one purchase for you if you've not already purchased it obviously um 28 of people said can't wait 72 percent of people said that's a pass and I actually got a message from a 
few people this week like oh it's already out and i'm like no 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 so that's early access but like the game as a fully realized actualized game and it's similar to the hades development style or cycle as well you know this that's what i told them similar to how hades um Possibly. developed and kind of <clears throat> i've not been keeping up on the development of that recently but some of them have some of them are basically done before it gets out it's just they, this, they've addressed enough at, of the bugs that at launch this one certainly was not there was only like two of the towns were in it i mm-hmm. i purchased this game twice um, in case anyone's curious, uh, because I wanted to see how the PS5 version ran in early access when I got my PS5, but, um, Josh and I actually talked privately about maybe at some point, maybe even before launch, getting a stream of this going, because the thing that, um, for anyone who hasn't played any of this game, it is a Pokemon-like, as Shay said, the thing that's most intriguing to me about it is there's a lot of MMO elements, but in Temtem, every battle is a double battle, and because of that, you can play through the entirety of the campaign co-op. Mm. which is a really cool feature to have in a Pokemon-like game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what this game is going to be. I mean, it's going to be on all the platforms. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays as an MMO on console and how that intermingles with other systems and other people playing. Um, you know, I don't think that it's quite... It's not live action, right, Rich? No, it's it's got a, a nice art style to it. But I mean, Shay, in terms of the MMO stuff, there's already like kind of a feel for what that stuff is, which basically when you load into your server, there's a number of other players who are populating it that you'll see moving around in real time. Mm. And there are quote unquote PVP zones where you can challenge any one of these players running around to a battle. They don't have to accept it. But, you know, like that element of a Pokemon game where you can find another live human player on Route 3 and challenge them to a battle. Hmm. That's going to be cool. I'm, I'm excited. I, I want to see what that game is going to look like. Yeah, so. it's one I've been keeping an eye on since it launched in Early Access, and I'm excited to... It's been a while since I've touched it, because like I do with a lot of Early Access games, I put a chunk in when it launches, and then I go, alright, I'll check in on this every now and again. Yeah. Hmm. That's fair. <laughs> Uh, this next poll I ran, I'm pretty sure you guys aren't going to have too much to say on it. Uh, news on PSVR 2, are you excited and hopeful for it to succeed? And specifically what I was referencing is uh, Sony's recent investors briefing. It's going to launch with 20 plus uh, major first and third party titles. There's going to be more investment into new IPs than before. There are going to be two live service games planned to drop in... Um, Ew. Why? Why in VR? Why would you want specifically a live service time sink in VR? Uh, because they, cause they generate money. I mean, well, yeah, that, like, I, I, I guess this was more for investors than for us, but like, mm. yeah. Ew. <laughs> and then aggressive growth plans for mobile and PC. So um, that lines up and tracks with the news from Sony's front recently that they have seen massive success with putting their games on PC and they're definitely going to be oh, yeah. investing more into that. So surprising. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that PSVR two is also going to be taking that route um, essentially, but 62% of people said fingers crossed, you know, they're yeah. excited that it's, it's going to be successful. And 38% of people said VR just isn't going to work. So I, um, I think it finally I, makes sense for it to work on this console. It was, kind of barely chugging along on ps4 and and i i was an early adopter of that headset and i liked what that one did so you can really only go up from there yeah 
It was the most comfortable VR headset by far. I mean, that's that's the good news. I think that's a good point, Rich, is that um, th- they only have upwards to go. I mean, it wasn't like the when I think about Xbox and the Kinect, where that thing was like popped off really hard and then it just fell off because they quit supporting it. Seems like Sony's like, we have something here. And if we just invest the time and make it a thing, it can become legitimate. But we have to invest into it first. Like, you know, we have to believe in this product in order for other people to buy into it as well. My, my only other real, my only real criticism of it is, and I like the PSVR at launch for what it was. I, I still have my P- original PSVR headset. I, I used it a lot. As somebody who now owns an Oculus Quest and uses that a lot more, like when, you know, there are plenty of games I really enjoy playing on the Oculus Quest. I think the fact that the Oculus Quest kind of proof case that wireless, even wireless streaming from another device to a headset works, wires kill these things. This device should have been, in my mind, and as far as we've known from design docs we've seen, it is not. It should, in my opinion, have at least the option to stream over Wi-Fi to the headset from the PS5. Mm. Having this thing be tethered to a cable is shitty. Like, we, we figured out how to do it without the cables, and it that little change, and people who haven't like regularly used VR might not see how, but it it's game-changing. Like, the Oculus Quest feels so much better because you are not tethered to a cable. I'm, I'm going to be curious if PSVR 2 has a cable, and if they do, because I, I, I haven't read that personally, I'm sure it's been released, but um, if they do, there will be like a 2.5 version where they get rid of the cord. Well, I'm sure I, that'll be in I, the works. My hope is that... Um, the cable can plug directly out of the headset and that if it doesn't ship with this, they eventually put out some sort of adapter that lets you stream from the console to the headset. So you can do it wirelessly because Mm. that makes or breaks it in me. Like the, my quest, I barely even use the actual quest store unless it's a quest store exclusive. There's um, apps for streaming from your PC. So typically I'm playing steam VR games that are being streamed over Wi-Fi from my PC to my Oculus, and that is, like, the best VR experience, hands down, I've ever had. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, we need more information, but, I mean, that's encouraging. The initial stuff from the investor's front is kind of encouraging. I'm hopeful, yeah. Yeah. Uh, The last poll, I think it's only going to be applicable to me more so than you guys. I just needed someone to talk about it with. Uh yo what'd you think about that better call Saul mid-season finale twist um 47 47 of people said mind-blowing and 53 percent of people said "Eh, meh i'm not caught up so i would love to revel in this with you but i am not caught up yet yeah i i I mean it makes sense i think that's only a me thing but um man like got got the mid-season finale of stranger things this week and then last weekend or last at the beginning of the week i should say got that mid-season finale of Better Call Saul, and it's just been a good week for television, so um, I really enjoyed it. Um, if there's anybody out there who wants to talk about that mid-season finale twist, you can message me house. on the Instagram, <laughs> but yeah, it was really enjoyable, and Rich, I'm excited for when you get caught up so we can talk about it as well. Yeah, we'll talk. I'll probably uh, uh, be able to talk to you about Stranger Things before then, because I think I'm just going to shoot through that, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get there. Yeah. No worries. It was just, it was a really great, uh, it was a really great mid-season finale, and I'm excited for the final few episodes of I'm, that I'm show. I'm sorry, everyone. I couldn't watch Stranger Things in one night. I had to watch the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Understandable. Understandable. So, 
Uh, that's it for the polls. Uh, we want to thank each and every one of you for voting. But now we have some Patreon shoutouts we're going to do. So um, at the end of the month, we like to give a special thank you to our patrons. And usually we do funny stories that I write. And this week is no different. So enjoy the little skit. Uh, even if your name isn't being shouted out, I think you'll enjoy the skit as uh put a lot of work into this one. So without further ado, Patreon shoutouts for this month. Josh, Ray, Rich, and Shay walked out of the hotel in their Hawaiian shirts and zinc on their noses. They strolled down the sidewalk, taking in the vista. Hi, I'm Fletch. And I'm Amber. How can we help y'all today? Yeah, uh, could we get some pina coladas? Typical basic bitch. I'm sorry, what? Nothing. Four pina coladas coming right up. They stood there talking to each other, waiting for their drinks. They looked at the pool area and saw a mutant cute event taking place. They discussed stopping by to see if they could join. Here's your drinks. Hey, I'm Ray and I'm walking in. <laughs> Sorry, old habits. Thanks. Uh, here's a tip, too. Thanks so much, hon. Enjoy. They sipped on their drinks as they made their way over to the event near the pool. They walked over to the organizer. Hey, y'all. How you doing? Want to come meet some people and hang out? Yeah, isn't that okay? Well, I'll be sure as stink on a cadaver's pussy. You're more than welcome. Here, please fill out your name stickers. The boys, a bit perplexed by the organizer's eccentricities, followed instructions. Before y'all get out there, let me introduce you to some of the guests. There's Bernadette, uh, who seems to have a heart of gold and a kick-ass hairdo. We got, uh, Matt... Reeves, who needs a break from being stay-at-home papa. His keister goes on for days, but, uh, but anyways, uh, we have Cy, over there, who is waiting to be old enough to pull off an Uncle Iroh cosplay. And there's Beefy Gamers, who has yet to see a game or a Nazi he couldn't tackle. Hey, guys! Whoa! Can't believe we came here at the exact same time! Hey, what in the hell is he, some fucking guy? God damn it. Don't we, get, uh, don't we get enough of this jabroni? Is everything okay? Dead ass? He tried fucking my sister. I'm schwitzing. We'll be alright. Please continue. We have Josh L., who can't resist a dad joke. Justin, who knows more about business than dog knows about licking its own ass. Paul, who's a wonderfully family man. Uh, Thizalbi, who can name every porn star's first vehicle they ever drove. And Tani, the gentle giant who was the fastest corn shucker I ever saw. Some say he was faster than a cheetah responding to a you up text from his cheetah girlfriend. <clears throat> well, all right. Thanks for letting us know. Well, shoot. Get on in there before the chupacabras start pulling out my nipple hairs. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, well done, boys. You know, I gotta give both of you a round of applause. Um, you might be better off sending Josh that Bebop audio because oh, we could not hear it at all. End. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Okay, yeah, just yeah. making sure because it did not come through the mic. No, I just wanted to play it there so you guys knew and you could have I, some I reaction. Yeah, sure. I didn't know what, if you were going to, so I was just like stopping to try and give like a pause to make Josh's edit easier. No, you did exactly what I needed you to do, so thank you. Improv 101, ladies and gentlemen. But I want to say thank you to each and every one of the patrons. Uh, each one of you are named in there. I want to thank each and every one of you so much. Um, the Thanks, fact guys. That yeah. You still continue to stay here month after month supporting us as we do. Despite the, the product we put we... out. <laughs> well, they, they are the reason why we put the product out that we put out. Oh, and I mean that in a good way, not in a bad way. I know, Rich, you were implying it in a bad way. Um, but... Josh, are you drinking a Zima? No, it's a, uh... He's not a divorcee, so I don't think Bitter so. lemon. Oh, okay. I was like, is that a fucking Zima? Jesus. Hell no, yeah, no, we no, pounded no. Zimas, boys. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but I'm gonna ignore it. But no, uh, thank you, each and every one of you, to the patrons. It means the world to us, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed, uh... our voices of you guys and the skits that we... or the skit that we just did. Go on Twitter and let Ray know what you think of my impression of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please. Please. <laughs> I can't wait for Ray to hear this. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make my day. But um, weirdly enough, another break is coming right up. We're going to go on break really quick, and then we are going to be right back with some video game talk. Uh, we're going to talk about the games we've been playing this week. Don't you move a muscle. Y'all come back now. Ah, the summer breeze. The sun is beaming. The waves are crashing. Life is good. Mister! Mister! Uh, m- what? <clears throat> what in the blazes is going on? X-Tree! X-Tree! Read all about it! Read what, lad? Spit it out! How did you find me on vacation? Swordjump has tank tops, beach towels, and much more over at store.swordjump.com. Store.swordjump.com? Store.swordjump.com! Store.swordjump.com. Yes! Store.swordjump.com! Store.swordchomp. Yes, damn it! <sighs> it worked. Not gonna enjoy my afternoon nap in peace. Hey, mister. Did you hear about store.swordchomp? Go, go, go ahead. Huh? <clears throat> so start start the show. Shay? I'm, I don't... Shay, start the show. Hey. Josh, I don't think he's coming. Do we just do it? I don't think he is coming. So do it just, just. Hey, we're back! 
<laughs> uh, Shay is gone, I think. I'm not really, this has never happened before. He died before. somehow. Somehow. Just fell into a ravine. I'm going to open a beer. Shay doesn't let us drink on the podcast. I'm all the cats away. Cheers. The mice will get hammered. Woo! Um, we got some games to talk about, and what I mean is I played some games, and Josh is going to listen to me talk about them. Mm-hmm. So let's start where any good place starts, which is lulling you into a false sense of security by talking about a game I think you'll actually be interested in, Josh. Um, from Unleash the Giraffe Studios, I played a little bit of City and Prince. Um, oh, yes. Which... Yeah, this is a voxel uh, tactics actually, roguelike. Uh, you told me about this earlier in the week. I did. Talking about it being an early access, but I think it's not. It got... just went one. I bought it because it went 1.0. Yes, yeah, I think that's what got lost in in translation in, 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 in translation there, because I'm like, like, yeah, it sounds neat, but I'm not going to beta test their game for them. And then I looked at it, I'm like, oh, oh, no, no it's, 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 it hit it's 1.0 one, now. It hit 1.0 last week. Um, So, there are roguelike elements to this and there is a flat out roguelike mode but i have not tried that yet i've just done a little bit of the campaign mm -hmm. um the the main like link here is basically you're navigating randomly generated dungeons um and every room is a different tactics grid and a different tactics battle with these voxel based heroes who you start with uh warrior bob who is just a, a randomly generated here you go here's your your base warrior um and as you clear dungeons and get loot, you can use them to, on the overworld map, sort of build up uh, training facilities, which you can then use to recruit and train new heroes of different abilities. And while it is a tactics game that requires a fair amount of thinking, it's like incredibly fast paced in a way I really enjoy, um, hmm. especially when you first start it and you have one hero and you're clearing these small dungeon rooms. It's more of a matter of uh, basically your character can move in X number of spaces a turn. Um, and they have a basic attack and then they have a charge meter an energy meter, if you will. And they charge up that meter by doing basic attacks. And then, um, you use that meter to use more powerful attacks, which are decided by okay. a, a, a light deck building component. Um, basically when you start a dungeon, you have a deck of what are called backstory cards and you draw a hand, I believe of 10 and you pick three backstory cards to start the dungeon with, which will do things like. This card gives you plus one damage to all basic attacks. This card makes it so uh, when you use a certain attack, you stack armor, things like mm. that. Just passive abilities that you were getting as part of your character's backstory. Yeah, you kind of chain together those, exactly. those, those memories. Exactly. <laughs> yes, it's a Kingdom Hearts game. Yes. Um, uh, and then every turn when you are moving, you also draw three cards from a separate deck that kind of appear on the bottom of the screen and for the most part, are passive abilities that are active for that turn. And they could be hmm. simple things like you're going basic attacks deal plus one damage this turn. Or if you use the roundabout ability, you'll heal two HP. But those cards okay. are only in play for that turn. So basically, you want to try and act quickly and decide what attacks you're going to use based on you know, what's in play that turn. So it might be, well, I could kill this one guy with a basic attack, or I could do a little bit of damage to these three guys with a, a roundabout attack and also get some health back. Okay. And, uh, I mean, I haven't put a ton of time into it yet, so I haven't seen how complicated these systems could get. I've only got two heroes at this point. 
but obviously you can keep training and getting different classes like archers and warriors and thieves and all of the yeah. you know basic uh fantasy fair uh and obviously changing up the the deck of cards and the weapons that are equipped to these characters and items you're getting from the dungeons really changes how all this works but it feels like a pretty in-depth tactics game while also being super fast paced in a way that i like it is a hmm. i think it's going to be one of those games that i kind of like and playing while also watching something on a second monitor for a while, it's, it's oh, yeah. very much got that vibe for me. Okay. Yeah, I, d- I definitely do need to check that out now that I know it's... Yeah, I meant they're, to tell you again, you'd be it. like, oh, no, no, it's not, it's yeah. not early access. Um, but yeah, the, the map system in the dungeons is quite as simple as you're looking at the dungeon sprawled out and clicking what room you want to enter. You can't go back once you've entered a room. That room is now clear. Hmm. But... In, in a big way, they kind of telegraph what's in the rooms. Like, it could be as simple as, well, there's just an encounter in here. This room has a treasure chest. This room has the boss key. This room is the boss. Um, okay. So, on that light, you know, you can risk-reward it. Like, you're still working with the items and health you went in with. But, I mean, I know where the boss is. I could just try and take him out, or I can keep looking and see if I could find some more loot. Yeah. Yeah. And then there is a roguelike mode, which I believe is just a string of, like randomly generated dungeons you could do with random character builds uh which seems like it's probably gonna after you beat the campaign and kind of learn everything gonna be the legs yeah yeah the reason you'd stick with it go back yeah Yeah. uh so i haven't touched that yet because i really just wanted to use the tutorialization in the early hours of the campaign to teach me the game but yeah it's it's 20 bucks it's on steam and it is now as of uh very recently uh out of early access all right, gonna have to gonna have to check that one out. That did, it did look interesting. Yeah, it's and, uh, definitely worth looking looking at. Yeah, yeah, no, that that sounds sounds good as well. From like the actual mechanics, instead of just kind of you know overview from the Steam page. Yeah, and it's one of the only uh, one of the only RPGs I've ever played where uh, one of the stats is just you inflict poison damage now, and I kind of like that. Hmm. That's neat. But yeah, I also uh, I'll I'll save the the one I sunk the most time into this week for last. Uh, I put some more time into my time at Sandrock, which my preview of is up on the website now. And uh, now that I am out of the media build, the pre early access launch build, there's some big changes in a way that I was hoping was going to be good, and thankfully are. Um. I didn't really talk about this much when I was uh, talking about it last time because yeah. I was unsure where this was going to fall in the early access cycle. Mm. Uh, in the media build, none of the VO was in it yet. Ah, okay. Um, and I can now report, having seen a bunch of cutscenes since then with the VO, voice acting solid, and all the, the characters are pretty good, pretty well put together, including the different voice options for the player character. It's funny to log into a game... Uh, that you've already been playing for about 15 hours, and when you load your file, it goes you it goes back to the character selection screen and mm-hmm. as you pick a voice. That's neat. But uh Glad yeah, that, they found a way to account for that instead of just having you have to start over having, or something weird. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I put a lot of time into that uh in the media build and yeah. kind of yeah, the, the the voice acting is a nice addition. Uh, since then, I've really expanded on the Dungeoneering elements of it. And uh, while I was a little bit critical in that preview of how melee combat is, which I was still critical of in the original, my time at Portia. Yeah. Uh, 
this one has added guns because it's got a very Western theme. And I feel like the it takes like a good 15 hours for you to get the first gun. But once you do, it feels like a way uh, more well-rounded version of combat in that game. Mm. Like taking out targets with a pistol feels better than the kind of clumsiness around the melee combat. Is that like something you use both of in combat or like you pick your weapon and go into it? You you have them on a taskbar so you can kind of swap in and out. Like you can essentially so like tap quickly, Q. quickly change. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You can you, you can tap Q to enter a sort of third person shooter stance where you have a full on reticle and are aiming properly and then swap back to your melee okay. and melee is still totally viable. I just think it feels a little clumsy, especially when compared to how de- not like it's not like you're playing a proper third person shooter, but the shooting does what it needs to do. And it does so more effectively, I think, than the melee does. Okay. But yeah, I'll probably be plugging away with that for a while longer, um, even though it is just an early access. I think there's a lot there, and that is a great improvement on uh, what Pathia did with the original. That's a, a really neat, you know, one of those crafting games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, <laughs> I guess we'll move into the last <laughs> segment here. This is a fun one because I've wanted to talk to, I, I think I posted a little bit in the WhatsApp to you and, and Josh. Uh, to you, your Josh, to you and Jay. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of those. Uh, thanks to Game Pass. And again, another great use case of Game Pass. Uh, I played a game I probably never would have and now kind of want to go back to the older ones because I like it so much. Mm-hmm. I've been playing a bunch of Sniper Elite 5. And had someone years ago told me that Sniper Elite as a series is just World War II Hitman. I probably would have checked it out a lot sooner. Is it, or is this one of those weird pivots where all of a sudden the game is a different thing? No, at least three and four are also this, okay. based on me going back and looking and, and sort of doing a little bit of digging here. Um, so for anyone unfamiliar, there's five of these fucking games um, where you are playing as Carl uh, Faber, I believe is the character's name, who is a German-born... Sounds like a name. Uh, ...American sniper in World War II, who is a sniper elite, and... Uh, it should be telling how much you can sink out of these games, whereas I'm on the second mission and I've been playing for about eight hours. <laughs> um, it is very Hitman-style huge maps. The, the first map, for instance, in 5, because this game is set mostly in France, yeah. is uh, the Beach of Normandy 24 hours before D-Day, mm. where you are dropped behind enemy lines in order to steal some intel, and then there's a number of optional targets. So... Basically, this is the way all these maps are structured, and I really like this because I wish Hitman had more optional things like this. Yeah. Um, where you're dropped in and your main goal in a mission will be like the Normandy mission. Okay, there's six pieces of intel here. We need you to go get all this intel. But there's also all these um, mounted guns on the beach that we didn't take into account. You can take those out for bonus points to make the invasion easier for allied forces. Hmm. And also, you have a kill list in this game. And one of the high priority German targets on your list is in this installation. So you can try and find him and take him out while you're here. And okay. the reason I played for so long just doing the first mission in like half of the second is because I was like, well, I'm going to do all of these things. Well, yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, and it is very hitman from there. You have an assortment of weapons and a loadout you unlock as you progress and sort of change in and out gear on your weapons and all that. But the mechanic that makes it kind of set apart is sniping is such a big part of it because you are an elite yeah. sniper. Um, 
And when you get a good sniper kill in this game, they slow-mo it and x-ray everything. Uh-huh. Uh, so you can watch a person's lung collapse. You can 100% shoot a man in the testicles and watch them explode. Um, <laughs> there's some weird shit that goes down here. Um, like that, that German elite officer, I tracked him for a while. And I saw him getting into a car and trying to drive out of a town. And I managed to, from a decent vantage point on a rooftop, just, you know, take him out as they were driving off and watch the rest of the uh, infantry panic and try and figure out where I was shooting from. Hmm. A uh, Another thing they do in this game that I really like is uh, noise gating is kind of a thing. And like these sort of sound. Mm-hmm. Basically, when you're walking, if you're being loud, you can see an audio readout of how much noise you're making. Yeah. But you can also make what they refer to as a noise shield in areas. Uh, because if you fire a shot from a loud weapon like a sniper rifle, nearby people are going to hear that. Even yeah. on your, your map, it shows a ring around you that is your visibility and how far you can be heard from doing certain actions. Okay. Um, so you can really keep track of stuff like that. Like a, a good example in that first map is one of the optional objectives at Normandy is this big uh, artillery cannon. and. I found a good way to cover it was you could time the way the shells are going off from the artillery. Yeah. So if you take cover near it and time your shots right, when the shell is being fired, it covers the sound of your sniper firing. So you can take out a target from a distance and they don't hear your gunfire. That's cool. Like, there's some really cool deep mechanics in this game if you're willing to engage with them. You cannot put on people's clothes like Hitman. That's the one thing I would add. Yeah, I, would add disguises. I kind of assumed from the setting that this was way more of a focus on the stealth and obviously sniping oh. aspect but as yeah. opposed to the you know wearing a clown costume aspects of, of hit, the hitman series but they should add that to this mm-hmm. <laughs> um the other feature that is actually very cool that makes the game a lot harder and i refuse to turn off is uh there's a multiplayer element where you can be invaded by an axis sniper who has all the same abilities as you and okay. is trying to track and kill you while you do your mission. So you bet your ass I was posted up in a field thinking I was safe and I got shot in the back of the fucking head and lost. There you go. This is a save early and often game because of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, a pretty interesting mechanic when you are being invaded in this where in German bases, because you are a German-born American soldier, I thought this was a nice touch, you can pick up uh, a phone inside installations and call and you'll just hear your character speaking in German and then you'll get a map icon that is the last known whereabouts of the Axis Sniper. Hmm. So it gives you like an idea of where to start looking. That's that's neat. It's an incredibly deep game that somehow like I wrote off a long time ago, maybe because the title's so fucking generic. Yeah, the the title does sound an awful lot like every fucking atrocious Ura military movie that we made for a couple decades there. Yeah, and it it um I'm really enjoying it. There's a lot of fun to be had in this sort of like mission-based sandbox. Um right now all the reviews for it are basically saying it's good, but it's just more of four, which if you're me, that gets me excited because I like, go, great, when I'm done with this, I'll go four. play four. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I'm done with this, I'll just go play the other one. Yeah. Uh but this one's on Game Pass. Yeah. Uh, so I'm playing the PC version on Game Pass, and it's been it's been fucking great. Right. Um, another surprise that I probably would not have ran out to spend sixty dollars on, but yeah. uh, I might go spend thirty on Sniper Elite Four when I'm done with this. Yeah, yeah. 
I have to check that one out as well. That... It's um, it's one of those things where I wasn't too sure when I first like it took like me putting a good hour in to be like, okay, I get this and I I like this quite a bit. Yeah. But yeah, um, I get this is weird because this is a weird spot to end the show in. But I I guess that's the show. Yeah, yeah. With without. Uh... The Patreon shoutouts that we would have normally had to, to to put a bow on this thing, it uh, we did them in the middle. It was weird. Yeah. Do we, do we just just stop talking now. What happens? I guess I don't know. Do you have anything you want to talk about? Do you have like a, something funny happen? Um. Yeah, I got. I guess another unrelated thing because we've got time now. It seems um, we got a lot of time. If we're going yeah. by usual show count, you got a, at least an hour and a half. To exactly. Build. Exactly. Uh, the Mexican pizza is back at Taco Bell. The people rejoice. Well, yeah, the people rejoice, but here's the thing. And I had memories of this from before, but of course, as soon as it's gone, you only hear people saying that they want it back. Yeah. And I remember feeling fairly gaslit at the time because the Mexican pizza is horrible. I've had a bad Mexican pizza. But, Josh, have you not taken into account that it's supposed to be 2 a.m. and you're supposed to be drunk and high when you're I eating I think the that's pizza? the point. I think the point is that all those refried beans that are the middle and majority of the Mexican pizza is just there to soak up, you know, cheap beer. Yeah. I, I don't... I don't want to say you're wrong because it's been too long since I've had a Mexican well, pizza. Well, that was my point. Confidently speak that was my this. point. It had been so long since I'd had one, and I knew it was pretty bad, but everyone was talking about how great it was. That now that it's back, I immediately went out and got one. Only to confirm that, yes, they're not very good. You don't know how badly you need Taco Bell's Mexican pizza until someone tries to take it from you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to, uh, I'm gonna have to get very drunk and then walk there to get one. Uh, at some point sure. and see if that's what fixes it. Please report back. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Let's just fill some time for a few minutes here. I, uh, I watched the, the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, surprised at, this might be, like, of the, like, we're going to talk about, like, modern Star Wars stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Like, this is not a stab at, like, The Mandalorian, because The Mandalorian is just pulpy adventure. Yeah. Um, this might be the best not... written and most impactful thing in new Star Wars. And maybe that's okay. just because Ewan McGregor's such a good actor. He kind of, but... he kind of did pull off an awful lot. Beforehand. He was really pulling his weight in those yeah. first, in those prequels. Yeah. But also I feel like it would fall apart without this one. Jimmy Smith's still Jimmy Smith's Jimmy Smith's pretty good. Yeah. Two, the child actress they got to play Princess Leia is very good. I think this little girl has a future. I think okay. she's going to be a star. Like, she's one of those people where I'm watching her in this, and I'm like, she is a little-ass girl, and she can perform. I think she's going places. Hmm. Okay. I guess that answers the question I was about to ask, which is, when, Obi-Wan, is this? Uh, because there's so much Obi-Wan it is, for this to have possibly been set as, but it is obviously exactly, you said young Leia there, so, that you know. It is exactly 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. Yes, yeah. So right. it Also, it, uh, you might have seen my tweets about this because I was up at 2 a.m. watching this the other day. Um, I had a reaction that I had to stick through the credits to make sure I wasn't going crazy, which when you're watching the Obi-Wan Kenobi show and you go, is that fucking Flea? 
And I was right. It, it was fucking flea. I didn't know if it was or not because of your your, your wording there. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, but then then when you get to the credits and it just goes and flea. Because <laughs> yes, he was credited as flea. Oh, that's great. It's good to see Flea getting work after Chrono Trigger. You know what? He, in the sort of parts you put Flea in, like, as him being cast as, like, random space goon in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, I'm like, yeah, you're doing a good job here, Flea. Yeah. Random space gangster. There you go. Uh. <laughs> jizz so, artist. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry. A jizz whaler, Josh. <laughs> A jizz whaler. Yeah. Uh, kids, Google jizz whaler, and let's let's Josh, make sure you I guess, spell that correctly, or you're gonna, make, or you're gonna you're gonna end up on Wikipedia looking at jizz whalers. <laughs> um, I guess I do the thing Shay does. So uh, thanks for listening to this show. That we went to some places here. Uh, I want to thank Josh uh, for stopping by. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, yeah, I was here, and I'm Rich Meister, who's repulsed by the idea of eating whale and wool. We'll see you guys in... Well, you're going to hear our voices again, but we'll be back proper in two weeks. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye.